This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Living paycheck to paycheck no longer is just a problem for low-income Americans, nor is it a problem that just pops up during recessions. Living on the edge of the financial cliff is a daily experience for six out of 10 Americans. And it's a problem that crosses all income and demographic levels. These grim statistics are found in an ongoing study by the San Francisco-based online bank Lending Club. To find out more, we talk in this Biz News podcast with Lending Club Financial Health Officer Anuj Nayar. Anuj, your company recently uh, completed a, a, a rather large survey with some uh, alarming results that showed what, six out of 10, better than six out of 10 uh, Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Is that correct? That is correct, Doug. It's been, we've been running this study for about seven months now because we realize that there's no one tracking kind of how everyday Americans uh, are making ends meet. And uh, uh, there is a perception that when you say paycheck to paycheck, people think it's just low income people. But the reality is, it's creeping up. When we first did the study, it was like 54%. Uh, and the data we released, which is for December, has shown that it's reached the staggering, if you said 61%, so six out of 10 Americans are now living paycheck to paycheck. That's the equivalent of every American living east of Mississippi River, just to kind of give you an idea of how many people we're talking about. Well, that, that explains a lot for those who live east of the Mississippi, I guess. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, does this affect just young people or just old people who are on pensions or what? It is across the demographic spectrum. It is across the income spectrum too. Uh, we found in our study that like 42% of consumers earning more than $100,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. And that's ticking up too. The last time we checked, it was 39%. Uh, and it's kind of, it shows that this is not something that just tracks for, for low income and not just for young people. It's uh, across... The, the, the income spectrum, it's across the demographic spectrum. We saw a 14% jump in baby boomers and seniors uh, living paycheck to paycheck from May to December uh, in 2021. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big, big problem that we see increasing. It seems uh, hard to conceive that people who are making six figures are living paycheck to paycheck. Does your research show why? Yeah, I mean... The reality is that uh, you know the more money you make, in fact, it's a huge factor impacting Americans how more complex your life becomes. Like if you incorporate different factors in, like housing and mortgages, life events, debt obligations, you know, getting married, merging finances with a partner who may have different financial profiles from you. A lot of people are in that weird situation. We call it the sandwich generation, where they're taking care of elderly relatives, also have kids, and you have to make active choices in real time to manage all these pieces. And, and $100,000 is a lot of money in everybody's world, but it doesn't go as far in say, you know, Manhattan than it would do in Sarasota, Florida or Peachtree City, Georgia. And uh, you're gonna you to be thinking about how that works. I, I live in San Francisco and um, a family is considered low income uh, if the household earns less than $120,000 a year. That's low income here. Right. So as you can see, it's just one of the things that you look at is, you know, your life becomes more complicated and uh, you have to make those choices to, to manage that paycheck to paycheck. And I want to 
give you a little bit of an insight into that. There's kind of two pieces in the study, right? We talk about people that are living paycheck to paycheck, but are still managing to, to make their bills, pay their bills, and still managing to put some savings together, but they are you know, counting the day down to, to the 31st to make sure they're managing it. And then there's a separate cohort where the numbers are also increasing, which is people that are living paycheck to paycheck, but also struggling to pay their bills. And it's all increasing, unfortunately. Uh, as you looked at the data, as it came, came in, Anuj, what struck you as the most unusual thing, the thing you didn't expect to find? Uh, so we've been doing this study every month for the last seven months, and each, uh, each month there's a new finding. Uh, the thing that blew me away for this particular study was the 14% 14, 14 jump from May to December of this year of uh, kind of older Americans, baby boomers and seniors that are now uh, living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, that is a huge jump in just a few months. And I think it's driven by a lot of the things we're all seeing. You know, it's uh, <laughs> the latest uh, inflation figures came out, uh, came out today and they were just they were staggering. Seven and a half percent increase in January on top of a 7% increase in December. Like these are some of the biggest inflationary numbers that we've seen since the 80s. And, you know, I mean, I think we're all feeling it in our, you know, in our day-to-day -day lives. It's just, everything's more expensive. I went to the grocery store yesterday and, uh, you know, I, a gallon of milk was $4.80, at least since I was just going to watch. And that's, uh, that's like more than a dollar more expensive than last time I checked. Eggs were four, a dozen eggs was four bucks. That's twice the cost as it was before, right? Gas here is almost $5 a gallon. Um, and so all of those things pay, feed into like, like this isn't trying to, you know, spend on holidays or anything else. This is just spending on your everyday, your everyday uh, expenses. And then that feeds out throughout the economy. If grocery prices are going up, uh, I went to eat out at a restaurant last week and I swear the prices were 20 to 25%. It's a favorite, my favorite Italian place. I went in there. The cost was 25% more than it was six months ago. And that's the cost of the raw ingredients plus the labor shortages and they're paying people more and all of this stuff is feeding into this issue that we see which is more and more americans just managing to make you know at the end of the month just managing to make uh, make them meet and unfortunately an increasing proportion of them don't and have to look to you know alternative financing like credit cards to make up for the and eventually the credit cards do come home to roost that's exactly right that's exactly right doug if you uh if you're taking it, if you're using a credit card, incredible for convenience, but if you don't pay it off at the end of the month, you've just taken out what is a very expensive uh, loan without, without an end date. <laughs> that is not good for anybody. And you're seeing those numbers tick up too. Um, during the pandemic, we saw like the average amount of kind of credit card debt. It, it, it was, it's been running at around a trillion dollars of unsecured, unsecured debt, which is mainly credit cards, all the way up to the pandemic. Over the pandemic, it started to tick down to about 850, mainly because I think people were staying home. They didn't have things to spend it on. And now we're seeing that, unfortunately, kind of climb back up at the same time as we're seeing personal saving rates also start to decline. During the pandemic, they kind of reached like a 9.5% in Q4 of, um, uh, of 2021. And then the Q 9.5% in Q3 of 2021. And we saw it drop to 7.4 uh, in Q4. And we're going to see that cushion of savings, unfortunately, start, to, start to, to, to go down as people are managing two things. Number one, managing you know, just the growing cost of everyday expenses. And also, if you're like me, you've just been two years in your home or 
just you need to get out and do something. I feel like, you know, at some point you've got to say, look, I really want to go on vacation. I really want to go travel to see family. I, uh, my mother lives in, in Delhi, India, and I haven't seen her for three years. I'm going to go see her at some point this year. So she's 76 years old. I've got to go see her. And that's going to be another kind of drain on my personal perspective. But you can imagine everyone's feeding the same kind of stuff. Well, what can be done about this? Uh, does it have anything to do with that logo that's over your shoulder about Lending Club? <laughs> well, we hope so. We hope so. We hope so. So our mission at Lending Club is to empower our members on their path to financial health, right? And we try and do that in a fair, simple and honest way. And so the company's been around for 15 years. We started outside of, uh, in the midst of uh, the 2007-2008 financial crisis when credit dried up and everyday Americans didn't find a way to just make their ends meet. And we connected the, a borrower that was looking to borrow money with an everyday investor like me and you who wanted to get into the idea of borrowing into consumer assets, uh, into consumer debt. And that was very successful. And then uh, almost a year ago, a year ago this month, we made the uh, auspicious idea to actually become a bank ourselves. So we acquired a bank mainly because our members, we have almost 4 million members now, they were asking us, they said, we love what you do to help us on the lending side of the house. Can you help us on the rest of our finances? You know, help us build us cushion for saving. Can you help us like basically pay less money when we're using, you know, give us, give us advantages on our debit cards and these kind of ideas because the traditional banking infrastructure, which is something people don't really talk about much, has kind of been created in a way that is pretty anti-consumer. It's not us saying this, but it's a uh, multiple studies have shown how banks charge their best customers, their longest running customers, they charge them more money to borrow and they give them less money on their savings. So it's like a new customer gets a better deal than your existing customers. And then things like credit cards have just been shown over the years to just really eat into people's finances in a way that's just not healthy. And so we think it's time for a real kind of a new type of bank where the customer and the business interests are aligned. And now we've got the ability to do that. We've got both this incredible digital front end and FinTech marketplace to drive, to drive it forward. And then also on the back end, we're a bank and can kind of reimagine financial services in a way that's um, very much in line with what consumers are looking for. Now, so while we will not find Lending Club on a street corner anywhere near us, it is as close to us then as our cell phone. Would that be right? That is absolutely right. And in fact, you're seeing less bank branches anyway, Doug. I think last year there was uh, 2,927 net bank, bank branch closures, right? So three, almost 3,000 banks gone off the high street. Uh, that was the largest year since they were tracking it. The previous largest year, as you can imagine, was 2020. So like in the last two years, more than 5,000 bank branches have just disappeared. And that leaves everyday Americans in a, in a problem. It used to be that you'd go in and have a relationship with your bank manager and all the rest of the stuff. You don't see that anymore. And we think there's an opportunity to bring that digitally, to connect what they're calling banking deserts. So when the banks close in a small community, where does someone go to get credit? And companies like Lending Club are now moving into that space. And there's a whole host of studies saying that we really do help people connect in times of crisis for that kind of stuff. And then as they work with us, they improve their FICO scores, their credit scores improve over time. It's just like to help them manage through whatever's happening because the, the truth is no matter how much you plan, you're gonna have some level of a 
of an unexpected uh, hit to your finances, uh, uh, it's going uh, to happen to all of us. Didn't uh, your study also deal with what happens if somebody has a medical emergency? The depth of savings is not really depth at all, right? Well, I think there's a whole host of studies that show this, Doug. It's kind of, uh, ours included, just has the same ability because our viewpoint is that there are two simple ways to kind of move you on to your path to financial health. The first is to get the best price for your debt. So you can manage your debt downwards or even just make sure that you're paying a decent amount on, of interest on that. And the second one, and this one is equally important, which is why I was so excited to now be a bank, is to build a cushion for savings. So when you, you know, when you have a medical emergency, when you're, you know, you realize your car needs new tires. And most people, they don't have the ability to just, they don't have the savings set up. So they turn to a credit card. They may be paying 25% interest rate to get the new tires on their car. They have to get the tires because they have to get to work. This is not a nothing else you can do about it. And then you're left saying, like, I'm gonna try and pay this off as quickly as possible. And you get into this, what we call that hamster wheel of revolving debt, where you just can never get off the hamster wheel. I mean, I uh, one of the reasons I love being a financial health officer is I've been through this. I remember being in that situation, you know, in my 20s and 30s, where I just could not get out of debt. I just couldn't get out of this thing. I was, you know, moving money for, you know, to Peter to pay Paul. I was looking. You know, I was desperately checking my bank account to see, is that check cleared? Has this stuff happened? And that is unfortunately an increasing, increasingly a reality. For now, we're saying 60% of Americans across, across income spectrums and across demographics. How long does it take your average member or customer, I'm not sure what you call them, members or customers, to uh, uh, get a handle on their debt and uh, start making progress? Well, I mean, we're, 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 we're available nationally and we're 100% online. So you can go to lendingclub.com, click on a button, fill out the application form. We will approve you within, within a couple of minutes, basically, you know, and then you'll normally get the money in your bank account within a couple of days. We've also brought in some other kind of new innovations that I think are really interesting. Things like if you want to get a loan, um, we will offer to pay directly pay off your creditors. So like, we could put the money in your bank account, Doug, and then you could pay Visa or MasterCard or whatever. Or we can say, we will actually give you a better rate if you let us pay it off directly, because that instantly helps you move on the path to financial health. And uh, the we track our customers kind of and their, their financial health as they go forward. And we've seen improvements in credit score, like you know, 20, 25 points plus um, within a year of, of kind of getting involved in that stuff. So, and then the one thing about credit scores, it's become such a norm that that's how you look at all credit. So once you start, once your credit card score starts to improve, you can now renegotiate all your credit, not just your credit cards. You can negotiate your car loan, your mortgage, all these other pieces because it'll start to build down what you what you do. We um, we have an auto refinance product that uh, that um, one of the things about auto refinance. So basically, when you buy a, a secondhand car. The dealers normally overcharge you for your credit. So this is the fact being shown multiple, multiple times. So you're already paying above what you should be paying when you walk out of the dealership. And then after you've been paying for a few months, your, your, your actual credit risk goes down pretty significantly. And we can save around $4,000 on average on the, over the life of the car loan with what is basically a couple of minutes work, especially if you're already a member. It's just like we've already got the data on you. We're utilizing all of the best 
AI and machine learning and all those tech jargon words to, to basically bring you the best possible deal. And you can save 80 bucks a month for a couple of minutes work. I don't know who wouldn't want to do that. Let's bring the conversation back around uh, to another point of the survey that after having gone over it uh, that we were talking about here, uh, it just seems to be very alarming that if these trends continue, uh, what do you see down the road? Oh, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, this is not, this is not, unfortunately, this is not a good news podcast. It's like, you know, the... <laughs> Uh, I mean, we've all seen the data, right? I mean, inflation is increasing. There's no doubt that means it's going to increase all the way through through this year. I talked about the January number, the seven and a half percent gain. You know, uh, the real disposable personal income in Q4 decreased by about five point eight percent. Well, that's six percent of like how much you can buy out of your out of your regular paycheck. So it's like if nothing else changes, you can buy less, right? <laughs> because because of inflation and everything else. And as that builds up. That's going to be an issue as basically everyday Americans are not able to make ends meet the way that they were just a few years ago. It's already changing. I mean, we've seen the, the stats and like since the, since, the, since the last 20 years, incomes, although they're tipping up slightly this year, have remained pretty much stagnant over the last 20 years. Whereas other expenses, your medical expenses, your housing expenses, education expenses have all gone up, you know, 100% plus. So even in that level, you're not, you're not able to do what you could do before. I, uh, and now this is gonna be increasing as, as everyday things, you know, the cost of groceries, the cost of your gas, the cost of your milk, the cost of your eggs is going. I, um, uh, do you ever watch the show, The Simpsons, Doug? Do you ever watch that show? Oh, sure, I think everybody has seen The Simpsons at least yeah. once or twice. I, I love that show. And you think about Homer Simpson, right? He's a 40 year old guy with what is basically a blue collar job, but he manages to survive with his wife doesn't work, he's got three kids, one kid at least is gonna to go to college. And he does that all on his you know, salary from the nuclear plant where he doesn't seem to do much. When that started back in, you know, I think it was like 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it was, it was kind of like you look down on Homer. Like that lifestyle is now aspirational because you couldn't do that now. You couldn't live Homer's life in 2022 with the salary he gets in from one, you know, one, one job. And it's just, it's, that's what we're starting to see. And it's, it's an issue that I don't believe has enough attention in the U.S. at this point, right? It's a, uh, the data we're showing is it's not, it's not just you know the people that you think of as low income. It's it's people that you that you see every day. It's your it's your work colleague. It's you know wherever you work, there's going to be somebody you're meeting with, you know, at the water cooler when we can go back to the office, but somebody you're on a Zoom call with that um, that is living paycheck to paycheck and is worried about money because it's just everything's just got way more expensive. You have been very generous with an awful lot of grim uh, information. What would you like to add that we haven't had a chance to talk about? Well, it's not all bad news. I mean, I just want—I don't, don't want to end on that point. I mean, we're looking at like the 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 last two years have been, you know, un, I'll use all the words unprecedented and all those other things. This is not something that you've ever seen before, where like the economy stopped suddenly. It's turning back on. I, I saw the latest stats I saw is um, the U.S. job market closed out 2021 much stronger than people thought, right? Um, I think we're now in 2021, 19 million of the 22 million jobs that were lost near the peak of the virus in 2020 have, have come back. And, you know, it's, it's time to take a long, hard look at your finances. Time to start thinking about 
how are you going to be doing things that we have to be thinking about? Like, you know, Americans are living longer. Americans are, uh, you know, uh, the, you know the, the number of Americans going to live well past 80 is now increasing pretty dramatically. And you stop work at 65. That's a lot of time that you have to be thinking about how you're going to be managing those things. And the best time to be thinking about that is now. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're 22, if you're 42, if you're 52. Now's the time to start thinking about that and putting some real effort into, into managing your finances. Getting off the hamster wheel of credit card debt is the first thing we think is important. And then putting a cushion in for some savings so the next time you have an unexpected life emergency, you can step in and then somehow, you know, you're not going to be stuck in that uh, same, same debt trap once again. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching.